I don't wanna be the boy that runs in the back I don't wanna be the kid that falls in the dark All I really want to be is the guy that gets that girl Welcome to the AJ Steele Show. We discuss politics, sex, money, and everything in between. And now, here's your host, an immigrant, a self-made millionaire, an American, AJ Steele. Welcome to another episode of the AJ Steele Show. We have a dynamite guest today. Her name is Marinalini Kumari, and she happens to be the co-chair of Indian Voices for Trump. Now, I know it's a bit unusual for us to interview someone from India or a uh, someone who immigrated to America from India because most of our media absolutely ignores Indian Americans. So why did I do this interview? Well, it all started about a week ago when President Trump announced that he and our wonderful First Lady contracted COVID-19. I was very upset about that, and so were my wife, Mrs. Steele, and my kids. And I immediately tweeted my best wishes to them, and I went to bed because it was a little bit late at night when this happened. And by the next morning, my tweet went viral. And as always, I wanted to see who liked it so much. So naturally... There were a lot of people who follow the show, follow the AJ Steele show, and people who follow us on Twitter, and they obviously liked it and retweeted it. But to my surprise, I found thousands upon thousands of well-wishers that came from Taiwan and Hong Kong and Israel and India and even some well-wishers from Iran. And this outpouring of love shocked me, and it really touched my heart. I mean, we all know that President Trump is America's president. And unfortunately, we know that the media constantly tells us that everyone in the world absolutely despises him. But the deeper I dug into my Twitter responses, I realized that there are so many people on earth who are just yearning for freedom and peace. And so many of them look for him, look for President Trump to save them. There are so many oppressed people on earth who put their hopes in America and in President Trump. And in a way, he's their last hope. He's their salvation. And they all count on him to help their lives and perhaps even save their countries from tyranny and constant war. And I was really touched by all this love for our president and our first lady from the world. And to the point that I was almost overwhelmed by this. And then I started thinking to myself about all the immigrants that come to America, immigrants just like me, who actually love our country and actually appreciate our president. And for a moment there, I felt deep sadness about Americans who just hate President Trump. They just don't get how lucky they are to be living in such a free country. They, they don't have a clue of what people all over the world feel about this man, how he represents a new hope for peace and... Uh, and a beacon of freedom for the rest of the world. Now, I know many of you are getting tired of hearing about politics as usual. All you hear from the media is Trump is bad. Biden is good. Minorities love Biden. They hate Trump. White people love Trump. And they hate minorities. And that's the picture the media has cultivated for all of us for so many years. And many of us fall into that trap of believing this crap. It's just a hoax. But real life has a way of challenging and changing all of those supposed facts and norms, especially real life when it relates to President Trump. So why am I talking to an Indian immigrant to America? 
After all, wasn't it Joe Biden who told us that you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent? So Biden feels like he can make fun of them, he can put them down, he can put them in a little box, an absolute racist box, and they'll still vote for him no matter what. He'll still get their vote. But reality might just smack him right in between those big chompers of his. For starters, there's about 4 to 7 million Indian Americans or Asian Indians living in America. And yes, let's get some of the stereotypes out of the way. Yes, some of them own your local 7-Eleven. And some of them own the motel you might be visiting on vacation. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But many of these Indians, many of them happen to be doctors, nurses, computer programmers, fashion designers, and even police officers. I've personally employed many Indians in my previous career, and I found them to be some of the hardest working, most decent people I've ever had the pleasure to know. And yes, their food is absolutely incredible. I can't stay away from Indian food. And yet, for some reason, Indians are completely ignored by the mainstream media. They're not as useful to them as black people for the fake racism narrative, or the Hispanic people for their illegal immigration narrative, or even the Muslims for their anti-America, anti-Israel narrative. Most Indian Americans are not loud, they're not obnoxious, and you don't hear them complain about how horrible America is. They just find a way to live their lives, succeed, and blend in. And that is the crux of the problem for the media. They can't make hay out of them. They can't use Indian Americans for their politics of division and racism and politics of uh, victimhood. But I want you to remember one thing, my dear listeners. There's about 2.5 million registered voters from the Indian American community. And their vote could be the difference in the 2020 election. Just like a silent tsunami. And I think that the politicians are making a huge mistake by ignoring this community. They have a huge voting power and they have huge economic power in America. They're a natural ally of the Republican Party. And ignoring them would be a huge mistake. Now, I want to get back to today's episode. It features a woman named Rinalini Kumari. She's a famous fashion designer from India who immigrated to the United States in the 1980s. And she happens to be friends with Kimberly Guilfoyle and Donald Trump Jr. And she also happens to be the co-chair of Indian Voices for Trump. And by the way, I want you to forget your perception of an Indian woman as being shy and demure and quiet. This lady is anything but that. I hope you stick around and hear how she met President Trump and her thoughts about India, Indian Americans, and voting for the president. You might not agree with everything that she has to say, but trust me, you will enjoy this fascinating interview coming right up after this break. This is the AJ Steele Show. The AJ Steele Show. Think of your loudmouth best friend, hated by all the wives, because he tells it just like it is. Marinalani Kumari, welcome to the AJ Steele Show. Thank you for having me, AJ Steele. So, you know, many Americans know very little about India and about Indian Americans. I would love to know how you and your family ended up living here in America. 
I came here in the late 80s. I really came here for a vacation when I was in college in New Delhi. And uh, while I was here, I met somebody, got engaged and got married. And after that, I was married for 11 years and then I just stayed on. What's there not to like about this place? But I do love India a lot too. I go there a lot because of my business. I go there like six or seven times a year. And I had to visit my parents too a lot who have passed away. I'm sorry about that. Was it difficult for you to fit in? Uh, American culture is very different from the culture of India. Did you feel welcome? Absolutely welcome. Absolutely. I've never experienced racism or when people talk about racism, I'm like, huh? What? What are you doing? I mean, you work hard, you do well, you play by the rules. I don't really think there's that much racism to be nervous about, seriously. Oh, I agree with you. I'm an immigrant myself and... Uh... You know, I have a little color to me and I've never felt racism. I was accepted here with open arms. Now, I have so many questions about India and let me start asking you some of them if you don't mind. India is a huge, huge, diverse country of almost 1.3 billion people. I know they're mostly Hindus, but there's also a Sikh minority and there's a large Muslim community as well. Uh, and I've traveled all over the world. I spoke to a lot of people in my travels. And many countries, the population, they just seem to hate America and they hate Americans. In your experience, what does the average Indian think about America? They love America. Interesting. So they don't have that anger that you feel in other countries, huh? No, oh, they absolutely don't. They would love to be here. <laughs> Who wouldn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people who pretend they wouldn't want to, even they want to be here too. And then when they get here, they still attack us, right? I can't even imagine it. It's like, then get out and leave. Like, it's not that difficult. Mernalini, you're so right about this. I know so many people who scratched and clawed all their lives to come here to America. And then they come here and they make it really big and they succeed. And all they do is talk bad about this country. I just don't get it succeed they get paid for being over here and they still complain and trash this country i just get amazed i think it's absolutely mind-blowing now getting back on track i want to ask some more questions about india i know you have this great prime minister his name is narendra modi and he's a true friend of america and in particular of president donald trump why why are these two countries on such a friendly trajectory Look where Mr. Modi came from. He used to be a person who gave tea, like a tea delivery person in his party, and he worked his way up to the ranks. So he's kind of like an outsider, despite being an insider. So, and how he was able to unite the party behind him, nobody thought he'd be where he is today. And uh, it's just that idea of having courage and having guts and standing for what you believe in and a no-nonsense approach like President Trump does. I've heard that Modi is a real straight shooter and uh, he shares a lot of common interests and views with President Trump. As a matter of fact, I hear he really doesn't like communist China and he views the Chinese as an enemy. I think everybody thinks they're enemies except Mr. Biden. <laughs> well, he gets a lot of money from them, doesn't he? So he may not remember that, so let's give him that one. <laughs> you're, you're nice today. You're nice and chippy, huh? I always am. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I, I know he also, you know, he's an enemy of radical Islam, Mr. Modi. And I also read that he's a good friend to the Jewish state of Israel. In some ways, it seems to me like our countries have similar enemies and similar friends, right? Yes, they do. But I'm not going to say he's, he's not an enemy to Islam, which is neither is America and neither is President Trump. It's just how they portray the situation to be. 
so their enemies to terrorism and mm-hmm. people destroy those countries. They don't generally hate all of Islam. Nobody does. Or well, I think I made the distinction when I said radical Islam. Yes. It sure seems like we have a lot of common interests and values, and I know that India is the largest democracy in the world. I've never had the pleasure of visiting, but maybe one of these days I'll fly out there to to check out Mumbai. Or is it Bombay? I don't know. What do you call it? It was called Bombay before, but then it's called Mumbai now. And uh, it's kind of similar to this whole statue-taking-down thing, because the Britishers were there, and they called these places by these names. So when this whole... Hindu thing came about, they changed their names, but they did leave the statues behind, though, thank God. <laughs> they didn't take Gandhi down, did they? Or, or, or old British statues down, I guess. They didn't. I mean, India is a, it's a very secular country. It believes in the equality of all, all religions. And Hindus are, by and large, peace-loving people. It's a religion that's peace-loving, which we tend to love, not hate. And that's what gets us through, despite so much poverty being there. And India is a tough country to live in, but generally, by and large, people are happy. Interesting, interesting. And, you know, we could get into the social situation, and maybe that's for another day. Uh, But I want to talk a little bit about Indians like you who came to America. Uh, It seems like the mainstream media here in America has two favorite minorities. Actually, more than two, but they have a few favorites. They love to talk about black people, and they love to talk about Hispanic people as victims. They always forget about the very successful black and Hispanic people that live in our country. And then they also talk about another kind of minority. They always talk about the Asians and specifically about Chinese, Koreans, Filipinos. But we very rarely, very seldom do we hear about immigrants from India. Very subtle. Right? We, we just take over all your companies from Google to Microsoft to IBM to MasterCard, but we just do it so subtly that you're like, oh my God, they're such nice people. Are you sure you want to tell me about this? (laughs) What can we say? I don't think this is the right forum for your uh, world domination plans, but nice try, though. (laughs) So how many of you are here in America? How many Indians live here? I think they're like close to 7 million. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Like 2.5 voting population. And in general... uh, would you say most Indians that move to America are Hindu or Sikh? What, what is the breakdown, in your opinion? All of them. They're Hindus, Sikhs, Catholics, uh, because Indians have a lot of Catholics and Christians, too. And they have all the religions there. They have Jewish people in India, too. Mm-hmm. So all Muslims, they've all come here. I've read a lot of books about India in the past. I'm very interested in that country. It's a wonderful country. And it's one of the few countries in the world that never had discrimination towards any other religion. I'm not glossing over the sectarian violence and the class system that they have in India. And that's probably a whole topic for another show. But in general, the Hindus are very open-minded towards other people. You don't bother them, they don't bother you. Exactly. So in a past life, I've had many Indian employees. And I also know a lot of Indian police officers and computer programmers and, and doctors out here in California where I live. That unlike Biden, who just thinks they're for 7-Eleven and for call centers. Well, I know some of those too, by the way, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? But remember he's made that comment about like the 7-Eleven or the Dunkin' Donuts and about the Indian accent when the call centers? I totally remember that. It was very unfunny and it was just in poor taste. He probably thinks Google is a call center because the CEO of Google is Indian. That's right. That's right. Now, he's not a guy I like too much, so let's not talk about him too much. What do you think? Uh... 
I like him. It's just, it's tech is, big tech is tough for President Trump unless he really comes out and speaks to them. I mean, President Trump is such a charismatic guy that actually I do think if he actually just sits down and talks to them, there's, there'd be a change of heart and a change of mind. Well, that's very interesting. Last week, we did an interview with uh, a writer for Breitbart. His name is Alan Bukhari, and he was talking about how big tech is just out to get President Trump, which is very sad, actually. I don't really think so. It's, some of it is a lot of misconception. And if that's even the case, nobody can give President Trump's message better than he can himself. It takes a phone call. It's having them over, having a conversation, and taking it from there. The A.J. Steele Show will be right back. You're listening to The A.J. Steele Show, where no topic is off limits, no discussion too harsh, no truth more true. The A.J. Steele Show, we tell it like it is. We continue our interview with Mrinalini Kumari, co-chair of Indian Voices for Trump. So the Democrats out there keep telling us that all minorities, uh, they all vote Democrat and they don't like President Trump. Is that true? Yes, I wasn't a great President Trump believer either myself. I drank the Democratic Kool-Aid for a very long time. After meeting him and after seeing him and after understanding a lot of what he's done and for the people and for small businesses, that's how I changed my mind also. I believed all the stuff that I saw on CNN and MSNBC, and I just really didn't like how he handled the coronavirus. Because for us Indians, the health is important, education is important, and business is important, and religious freedoms are important. So I'm not going to say that it was an A-plus done on a, the coronavirus situation. He was the person who did stop people from China from coming over, which no other president would have had the courage to have done that. But other than that, he stood up and he stood for the American people by getting them out the checks, by getting them the stimulus that they needed. Everybody who actually works and who's worked through the pandemic loves him. People from the doorman, from like bodega owners to deli owners to police officers, the actual working class who worked through COVID love him. I couldn't agree with you more on this one because I personally know many working people and anybody that works hard, pays their taxes, does the right thing, cares about their family, most of these people support President Trump. Sadly, though, because I live in Northern California, it's very hard to hear any of these voices because people are too scared to say that they support President Trump. While a lot of them do, but they just can't talk about it. I mean, imagine being in a country that you're fearful to say as to who you like. You know, I've never even imagined in my wildest dreams that this would ever happen in America. But I'm afraid it is heading that way, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're allowed to say whatever they want to say. And we I listen to their opinions. I've listened to it for a long time. It's only a, I'm a recent convert. So all this while I listen to them, even I still do now. But if I say something, it's just the anger, the outrage that comes out of them. I find it unbelievable. I agree with you. And I'm a former Democrat myself. I voted for Bill Clinton. Um, you know, I was a Democrat. I was a liberal. I changed my mind. Right after 9-11 happened, I just looked at everything from a different perspective and I changed all of my views. But uh, I used to be on the other side and I always respected Republicans. And now that I'm not a Republican, I'm probably an independent, but 
I have a lot of respect for both sides, and I agree with some things that the other side says, but I don't have this insane hatred. I find it amazing how the other side is getting so controlled by and consumed by this whole Marxist, Maoist agenda that they don't even care that their most beautiful cities are getting destroyed. Like New York City, if you see, these are like the jewels of America, the aspirational cities that the entire world wants to come to. And you're messing all this up just because you hate one man? Well, I think it, it's a whole system against one man. I think, it, you know, it's a ruling class. It's a, it's a deep state. It's globalism. I think it's a whole system that's aiming at him because he's not, he's not a part of the game. He's not a part of the game, exactly. So, so let's get back to Indians a little bit because I think that's your area of expertise. So like I was saying, I know so many Indians, but many of them are very quiet. They're not very outspoken. They're extremely intelligent, but they don't like to talk a lot about their politics or make waves. Where do you think they stand on American politics from a social and from a fiscal perspective? They're changing. They always primarily voted Democrat before, but they're all changing. Most of them that I speak to, other than the COVID situation, which is very, very important to them, and uh, but though they do agree what he's done regarding vis-a-vis -vis therapeutics, vis-a-vis -vis vaccine, could not have been done by anyone else. They love him. They're changing their minds. They're seeing what the Democrats are. And safety and security for us Indians and even for Pakistanis are extremely important. It's a very important part of our lives. We want to feel safe. It's interesting that you mentioned the Pakistanis. Now, India and Pakistan are in constant war. Are, are, are we all friends here in America? Yes, absolutely. I, I think that that's the beauty of America, isn't it? Yes, that's the beauty of America, yeah. So, so let me ask you a little bit more about Indian immigrants, and then we'll get to Trump a bit more. You guys, not you necessarily, but a lot of immigrants that I've known from India are very traditional. Do you feel they adapted into the melting pot, or did they stand outside of that? They adapted to the melting pot while still maintaining their own traditions and own identities. Most of them are religious. They go to their temples. They pray. A lot of them pray every day. They believe in God. They don't understand this whole concept about separating church from state or even for school I mean so you believe in what you believe in and you pray and this I think like having faith is extremely important but it doesn't take away from their Americanism no it doesn't take away from the Americanism but just having faith and being close to your own culture and your own traditions is extremely important the rituals right. and uh, I see a lot of them they're very into it even the younger kids too and that's the reason those kids are able to be away from uh, what like say the Hispanic kids go through the black kids go through because the families are a part of their lives every single day so it's not much chance for them to be alone or to be doing things that can get into trouble and education to us is so important that we just hammer it on them that they have to study they have to study <laughs> of course, oh we know that we know that so what are the American-born Indian kids like they're better than they're better than the Indian-born Indian kids over there hmm because Indian-born Indian kids over there have become so mesmerized by thinking what America is, right? So, and whole social media and electronics and the access that they have. And I think it's not really helping them. While the Indian kids over here tend to appreciate education much more. And they've seen what they, how hard their parents have worked. Which is a book like Outlier says, well, Mike Gladwell's theory was all about was that if you see your parents work really hard, you tend to also become that person too. 
I think that's fascinating. That and it's absolutely true. And, I've, and again, I, I know a lot of Indian people, and many of them are very hardworking and very respectful. Uh, just a nice. I think, I think they bring a lot to America, and I appreciate that. Um, I'd like to pivot a little bit to President Trump and to you. How did you become so active politically? How did you become such a prominent voice for President Trump? I don't know if I'm a prominent voice with President Trump, but thank you for saying that, AJ. But uh, I've, I've been friends with Kimberly for a long time and with Don. And then when she asked me to be a part of this thing for Coalition Fringes, of course, I was apprehensive. Like my son said, Mom, don't do it. I will have no friends in school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, now that it's COVID, you're not really going to school, so I guess it's okay for now. <laughs> more and more that I saw what he stood for and what he did and how he helped the people. And I saw his policies and he stood with India. And China decided to attack India. Mike Pompeo did stand up with India. And then his trip to India and how much his connection with Prime Minister Modi and he's probably the only president who's done so much and stood with India than anybody else has. Everybody else has just been like talk, like Obama getting there and let's sit down and see this Republican parade and come right back. But that was about it. What did he really ever do? Well, he made, he made some great speeches. I'll give him that. That's great. Yeah, he's a great talker. You can't take that away from him. No. <laughs> so... Um... So I hear you're friends with Kimberly Guilfoyle, and I hope you know that she's from San Francisco, which is my hometown, and you know Don Jr., and you wrote this great article, or an essay, I guess you could call it, of why Donald Trump matters to Indian Americans, and then you get an invite to the Rose Garden, and on top of it, you get to meet President Trump. What was it like? No, not this... Not the famous, infamous Rose Garden incident. I wasn't there. <laughs> oh, so you're still healthy, huh? Yes, I'm not that having COVID is not healthy, but I don't have that. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know, I'm interviewing you right now, and I'm looking at you, uh, and you're a very lovely lady, but you should be wearing a mask when you talk to me on Zoom. Yeah, right? But, um, yes, I met him, and he's extremely charming, fascinating, charismatic. He's like a self-deprecating, funny New York person. He's got a very self-deprecating humor, right? I think he's just so charismatic that one just has to see him and you're like, you just virtually melt. That's what it is. They used to say that about Bill Clinton, but he, he had different tactics from what I hear. In the end, the president of the United States has to have charisma. Obama had it. So does Bill Clinton. So does President Trump. I don't see that in Biden, so I'm not quite sure. <laughs> well, he has a great smile with those big teeth, doesn't he? Oh, he looks like that. Jim Carrey did such a great job on that. Did you see him on SNL? You know, I haven't watched SNL in years. I, I can't put up with her stuff. part with Jim Carrey was Biden. It was incredible. Hmm, interesting. Maybe I'll check out the reruns on YouTube. Yeah, like this week, like last Saturday. And then Maya Rudolph, or what, I think that's her name. She did Kamala Harris. Hysterical. So, so since you brought up dear Kamala Harris. She's also from the Bay Area here where I live. Uh, she's well known. Uh, you know, she, she did a lot, of, a lot of hard work to become uh, who she is. So I have a question about her. I don't know if you know this, and many people don't know it because, you know, the whole media says, oh, she's African-American, she's African-American, but she has an Indian mom. I think everybody knows it by now. She's like left no stones unturned to let make sure everybody knows it now. While she was doing the presidential election, nobody knew it. And she was running for the primaries. 
But now everybody knows it. She's smart. She knows how to get, she knows big tech is in the Bay Area and in California. And she knows how important big tech is. The CEOs are Indians or at least a second or third in command are Indians. So she's like pandering to them, basically. I wonder how many times she's ever wished India a happy Independence Day before this year. Ah. I wonder how many times she's actually talked about her mother with so much. I'm Indian. I'm Indian. This whole thing. I mean, people in India don't really like her. I don't think people in America like her either. She's black when that fits the bill. And then all of a sudden she's Indian now. No, she stood actually against India. She made the Modi government out to be like this big human rights violation machine who was going into Kashmir while they were just trying to assimilate Kashmir from an outside status in Article 370. Why she didn't say anything about Pakistan or China? Like, seriously? Well, many people think that uh, Kamala and the whole Democratic Party is in the pocket of China. And as far as Pakistan... We all know that the left and the Democratic Party in particular, they're absolutely in love with Islam. And that's to the detriment of all other religions. So there's no big mystery there. In your opinion, do you think that Kamala Harris resonates with Indian Americans? She is, yeah, with the big tech, I think, yes. Because I think somebody from the Trump campaign also has to go out more and talk about this whole situation, about her actual... Uh, past and about because in the end Biden is going to be there for how long six months a year <laughs> Eventually, she's a person who's going to be running the thing while she could be changing his diapers or could not be changing his diapers not very sure but the point being that this could be a problematic situation and she's not trustworthy so I have less of a problem with Vice President Biden than I have with her I kind of agree with you unfortunately there's not much of the old Joe Biden remaining he's just a figurehead at this point and I don't think there's a lot of Biden left in Joe Biden anymore. We'll be right back with our last segment. AJ Steele, not right, not left, just right. Our interview with Mrinalini Kumari continues. So we all know the election is going to be an uphill battle for President Trump, and he's going to need every single vote to beat Joe Biden. Because he's not just fighting Joe Biden, he's fighting the media, he's fighting the deep state, he's fighting big tech. Do you feel that Indian Americans might be the surprise difference in this election? Indian Americans really can make a surprise difference to this election, but somebody has to appeal to them and explain this to them well. Firstly, the reality of Kamala Harris has to be spoken to them. She has never supported India. She's done nothing for them and neither has Biden. And this, there is a man who supports your country, who's actually going against a superpower like China for you and out on a limb. Aren't we going to support him? What are we doing? I think that's a good question for all Americans because uh, I was just uh, talking to a friend yesterday about this. If you look at the totality of what President Trump did, it's all been for America. And it's not just for the rich people. It's actually been for the middle class. And a lot of Americans just don't seem to get that. How like they don't get it? Because when, you, when I speak to my doorman or like people who actually like, they love him. I have not met one single person. I mean, if they say he's only for the rich people, why do they like him? I don't quite get it. I agree. You know, uh, well, I hope you're right. I hope that Americans and I really hope uh, Indian American citizens especially will exercise the right to vote for President Trump. 
Do you have any last words for the audience of the AJ Steele Show? And believe it or not, there's people listening to us all over America and even all over the world, including in India. Please go and vote. Not for Biden, but for our wonderful president. <laughs> I love it. Listen, this interview went by so fast, and it's been such a great pleasure talking to you. I hope we can do this again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, AJ. All I really want to be is a guy that gets a girl. All I really want to be. The A.J. Steele Show, copyrighted 2020.